Welcome to For What It's Worth. I'm a horrible person. You'd leave stuff laying around? An introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom. No, no, you can't do that because I seriously think of Five Nights at Fred Meyer every time someone says that. I know you. I walked with you once upon a dream. Well, we have a choice here. Yeah, tell them what our choice is. What are the choices? Limbago in Idaho. What the hell? Oh, wait, no. There are certain women I just want to bitch slap. <laughs> so in summary, people are awful. <laughs> it's it's kind of true. It's a nightmare because of those two fools, Rue and Tugs. Welcome to For What It's Worth. This is um, episode something something and blah blah blah. And there's a filler and there's two fools that are going to be doing this episode, which is not going to be Tugs today. It's actually going to be Rue and Boss. Yay, the sound guy got out of his booth. Yay! You're here to help me because stuff has happened to Mr. Tugs today and he had to have a little bit of time to himself. And yes, he's probably masturbating in the whole entire time. He's just whacking it, whacking it, whacking it good. You know, I don't really like the word masturbate. Why? It's, it's, it's just, just too long. You want something short long. and sweet. I mean, I think whacking it sounds a lot better. It sounds, I don't know. That sounds way too cheesy to be sexy. It also sounds really... But cheese can be sexy, you know. <laughs> well, yes, you would know because you are a, you're a cheese wheel or part of a cheese wheel. I am a perfect 45 degree cut. <laughs> so today's episode, uh, it is season seven, episode 12, um, Big Problems for Little People. We are going to be talking about a micro and macro. And we have a lovely guest that's going to be joining us. His name is Tatsu, but we'll be introducing him a little bit later. Um, so, boss, what have you been up to? Oh, I've been rolling around. Got the new game, Far Cry 5. It's been really entertaining, essentially. It is a bunch of religious cultists and sovereign citizen types take over a county in Montana, and your job is to destroy them. It sounds really, really interesting, in comparative to the other Far Cry games. Do you have to, like, play the other Far Cry games in order to to get what's going on in this Far Cry? No, not really. They changed a whole bunch of stuff in them, so you can just roam around and do whatever. It's not necessary at all. But it is entertaining because they bring a whole bunch of new weapons. They brought co-op back. And it's, it's very beautiful scenery. And then you can light it all on fire. You can light everything on fire? Oh, yeah. The entire environment can be lit on fire. <laughs> There's flamethrowers in the game and all that. So can you have, like, a forest fire and the fire, likes coming at you and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. You can, you can get rid of enemy outposts by just spreading fire. And watching the chaos ensue as they try to scramble like mad. That sounds like a really, really fun game. Uh, have you been playing it with your ass? I have. We just He just got it, and I was testing it out to see how I thought about it. And I've been enjoying it, so I was like, here, come play with me. And then we went around with shovels beating people to death. <laughs> so what is... Ha oh, how many people can um, can that game play? Just two? It's just a two-player co-op at the moment. I wish there was more, because more crazy hijinks could ensue. I'd, yeah, I, I would say four players would be great, because you could do a lot. Uh, like the one time 
I accidentally jumped out of a helicopter because I forgot what button. <laughs> and I jumped down, and I landed on a cultist, and I hit him with my shovel on the way down. And I lived. <laughs> and it was amazing. <laughs> so, so what has your ass been up to? Uh, he's just been working. Just just working. Just working. Just working. He's been boring. He's a boring ass. <laughs> he has a boring ass life. So um, I have been up to um, watching a show called A Series of Unfortunate Events on Netflix. And it has been, uh, I don't know, like, I love it. I love it because it's kind of the whimsical, like, mystery. Oh, somebody just died and we're going to have, you know, in a hilarious way. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's funny. Is that what you're doing? Because my ass is watching it right now, too. Really? Yeah. Ha! Huh. Uh, well, they just barely released the um, second season. And if you like Neil Patrick Harris's work, um, then I think that you would enjoy um, the series of unfortunate events. So um, I've also been playing GW2. So, yes, I've been playing Garden Warfare 2. No, I've been I've been playing um, Guild Wars 2. Um, oh, you got sucked into that? Yeah. By, by your number two? Well, yes, my second yeah, my second. Oh, he finally got you in, huh? Yeah. Well, it's it's more or less that we wanted to find something that to play together, and he really, really wants me to play some MMOs. And I've just been so resistance resistant against MMOs because they like suck a lot of your time and they just pull you away from everything in every aspect of life. And so that's why I've disappeared for the past, you know, week or too yeah when you get into something you get into it and this is something that just doesn't stop and that's the problem is it just you you play it forever and ever and it's like oh my gosh i just want to stop i don't want to <laughs> but but it's fun it's fun i've been enjoying it and it yeah so if you haven't played guild wars 2 i would recommend you know picking it up and trying it out for a bit i mean there's no subscription to it so you know, even if you bought the game and you picked it up and you played it for a little bit and then left it, it's not like you're wasting your money like um, World of Warcraft. But did you hear that World of Warcraft may be releasing to make it so that there are foxes in the game itself? At, isn't that just rumor? Are you are you getting on the speculation train? Uh, well, are I you trying it, to sow these seeds? Oh, I think it is just a rumor right now at this point. But. Uh, it's just you want it, so you're just going to spread the rumors around. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. <sighs> this just in. The new playable race is a stick people. You can be a stick. <laughs> you heard it here first. Breaking news on for what it's worth. Wow. It's bringing stick people. <laughs> you would play that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd go poking everyone. Well, I, if I remember correctly, you were it really, really deeply involved in World of Warcraft. I was the first game and then the second expansion and then I stopped going to it. I kept playing, but I just it the interest just dropped. And why was that? That that was just I was super huge into Warcraft since one dropped back in good old DOS days. And I played the crap out of every single one and I loved the story and I loved the games and then WoW came out and then they said, you know what? Our storyline and our story and everything we've established, I'm going to destroy all of it and retcon it. It's all gone and mess, and now it's just crap. <laughs> yeah. 
And then you stopped playing? And then I stopped playing. Uh, so, anyways, on that note, <laughs> we're doing great with transitioning. Will he reuse another one? Is he ready? Is he going to bed with pastries again? It's Ruse Cookie Time, not sponsored by Betty Crocker. Uh, is it time for you to make a mess in all of their clean, clean sheets again? Yes, in bed. I knew it. And crumbles and cookies. I need to get the vacuum out. Uh, we're doing so good today. Aren't we just? <laughs> With all the super dry humor. Are you still not ready? <laughs> Are we still waiting on you? Yes. Then it is definitely ruse cookie time. Yay! <laughs> all right, so here's the cookie today. Let's see, what do we have in the cookie? Well, let's see, it reads, Your resemblance to a Muppet will prevent the world from taking you seriously. In bed with a cookie. That's a lot of mouth movements. I'm not sure you have that dextry. <laughs> but, um, tsh. okay. All right, well. No wonder he's leaving a lot of crumbs everywhere. This is going to be a crummy episode. Once a city of 200,000 people. What has happened here was caused by a force which, up until yesterday, could only be fathomed in the darkest corners of the internet. What about this monster story of yours? Well, it's big and terrible. How big? I need details. Well, George, I don't think even Varka could take it. Welcome back. It's the dawn of the second day. Bom, bom, bom. <laughs> and I am here with our guest. Tatsu, the really, 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 really tiny, screamy thing. Hi, Tatsu. Hi. How's it going? It goes. So, who are you? I am Tatsu Kimiero. Um, I am a local furry to Utah. Um, and apparently, the only micro within the next three states. That's a very, very... <laughs> Small universe or big universe? Yes, technically, big, big yes, universe. Yes. yes. Um, how long have you been a furry? Um, oh God, um, <laughs> I've been a furry since I want to say two thousand four. It's been a while, over ten years. I know. I, I, I can give you that measurement. Um, I have had my persona since i was 12 so it's been a while that that's a long time that is um, a lot of screaming so much screaming so um what involvement do you have in the fandom itself what do you um, do so in the fandom uh i guess the global fandom as with pretty much everyone else i'm i'm just kind of around um the local fandom i do uh help run the united utah furry fandom 
Um, I've been an admin for, this is my second term. Uh, so for three and a half years, I want to say. I think it's been longer that, than that, though. It's technically you've been, been an, longer. You've been an admin for the community for a long time. Let's see. I would have to say it's <laughs> been like five years or something. It's actually been seven. Seven years. Okay. There you but go. But I was just mentioning the current group and not the <laughs> ones that are gone. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, you've you've served the community for uh, about seven years, organizing different events. It, and it's been a while. <laughs> fostering. Um you know, new furs into the fandom and stuff like that. So it's a lot I, of time. I enjoy it a lot. It's, I like organizing things. It's comfortable. It's, it's what I do. You also get to know a lot of people. It's fun. Um, so what, when was the last time I can ask this question to you? So when was the last time that you were on for what it's worth? I might've been on the, no, no, I wasn't on the couch. I was at a convention. Last time I was actually on for what it's worth, it was Anime Bonsai in 2007. Nope. 10. It was a long time ago. <laughs> it, was a little, it was a little while ago. Um, and I was technically an audience member who just got called up to make a shitty joke, so... Well, weren't you on our like game show or something like that? I might have been. Yeah. I really can't remember. I know the fire alarm got pulled twice. <laughs> had to shuffle out shuffle back in shuffle out again so um what was the last con that you've been to last con that i went to it's probably anime bonsai actually i'm trying to think it's it's april right yeah so the last con that i would have gone to was the uh last year's 2017's anime bonsai um it was what was there theme it was a festival's theme so i was dressed in summer clothes the entire time because i'm one of those nerds that has a couple of those <laughs> japanese clothing is super comfortable so w today we are going to be talking about micro and macro the the big and the little things the the big problems and the little problems and um so where do you fit within that particular spectrum? Wherever they want me to. <laughs> so um, does your particular character, like, change? So I, I do fall more to the uh, micro side. Um, my character ranges anywhere between six inches tall and four feet tall. Uh, it's honestly usually that or the other. There's really no in-between. It's, it's super rare that I even bother with the in-between. Um, but... Uh, it's I feel like I feel like the fetish does kind of focus on the rampaging giants more than they do the actual tiny people. That's so. why we started with the tiny people and worked our way up. <laughs> ha! See, we noticed you. You Aww. thought you were too small and gotta gotta get away with that, but no. <laughs> There's no escape. They're always looming. So I can see your persona on on our little table that we have here. <laughs> Like trying to hold up the the great big huge microphone, or it's just turned it. upside down. I'm laying on my back, screaming into it. <laughs> your hands cupped to your mouth as you yell. Stop it! So, just for definition's sake, yeah, um, let's go to Wikifer. 
And on good old wiki for this is what micro um, d is defined on, uh, defined as. Uh, micro is a prefix um, which donates smallness, as we know. Um, normally, it is used in context of micro fur, um, meaning a furry character who is small than the normal size. It may also refer to characters who are normally sized, but simply small. And the opposite of that is macro, which means large. It's very blunt. Whoa. Very, very blunt. So I'm going to yeah. let you read Mr. Macro over here and explain what's on the Wikifur page. Oh, you so cheated because just like <laughs> micros, their Wikifur page is tiny. <laughs> and macrofurs, like... Like, this is a whole section. <laughs> I'll go figure. Uh, right? That's super relevant, actually, <laughs> to be honest. All right. Macro, also known as macro furry or furry giant, is as first speak term used to describe any furry character who is larger than normal, commonly anything starting above 50 feet. This can mean anything from a character larger than normal human to titans that dwarf cities. As a paraphilia, the sexual attraction of macro characters is known as macrophilia. Macros occur usually in two varieties. Some furs like growth methods, such as pills or ray of some description. Others prefer macro creature, born as a giant. Macros can be both feral and anthro. Feral macro characters are much more common than feral normal-sized furs. There are also some macro tours but they are less common within the community. Oh, science talk. I know, I know. And getting, look at this. to the meat and grit. Look at these images that are on here. Oh, yeah, they're great. <laughs> oh, oh, God. So, <laughs> what did you just see? Um, well, that is a squirrel tripping over. Is that a city that she's tripping over? <laughs> or an airport, perhaps? Um, with tits twice the size of her head. <laughs> And I'm not talking about two tits twice the size of her head. I'm talking about one of them is twice the size of her head. Uh, and so is the other. <laughs> no, it looks like she's tripping on a, on a clover intersection in a freeway. <laughs> so why do, you, why do some furs, like, there, there's reasons why that furs are the way that they are or into a particular fetish or... Or their characters defined as a certain thing. Like, for instance, I'm, uh, I define myself as a, a, a kid fur that loves to eat cookies. I mean, very simple. There you go. That's, that's my character. Um, so how, how did you get into the, the whole aspect that I really like to be tiny? Um, I, I feel like I should apologize in advance for this incredibly anticlimactic answer it's okay but to be completely honest i'm not 100 percent certain did you did you see with the old and black and white movies of the 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 insects that are twice the size of a city this and... is gonna hurt hurt you guys but i'm actually too young for those oh. <laughs> you, you watched honey i shrunk the kids and you were like yes i did that. watch honey i shrunk the kids um, no, my first exposure to micro was probably Magic School Bus. Ah, the Magic School Bus, where they went inside, like... Miss Frizzle ruining literally all of us over every topic. <laughs> um, mm, that polar bear episode. <laughs> the 
polar bear episode. I don't remember that one. They what travel. They travel to the Arctic, and uh, they're learning about polar bears and how they keep warm and stuff. And it's it's very much a, a conservational uh, episode because of the melting ice caps. Because that's been happening for over forty years now. Um, myth, but at myth. one point. At one point, fake news. No. At one point, <laughs> um, at one point, they go to learn how the polar bears are keeping warm. Um, so they shrink themselves down and just hang out on the polar bears' fur coat for a while and learn about blubber. That's, so, yeah. yep. that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's about it. I mean, for me, I mean, pertaining to the magic school bus was the was when they turned into a whole bunch of different array of animals. <laughs> Oh, Yo, I, I love, oh I love transformation, so there you go. <laughs> no, that episode was always hilarious because they made Keisha, God, I think they made her an otter, <laughs> which was <laughs> terrible. It was awful. Um, and then they made Arnold a fox, go figure. Let's take the most basic redheaded white kid and make him a fox because that's red, appropriate. Red, red, red coat. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I can't remember what they made everybody, but they were all... It, they still had human faces, so it was super uncanny valley the entire time. They didn't bother drawing like very defined muzzles on any of them, so it was just like an animal body with the normal child's head discolored on top of it. That's very Japanese-esque. Yeah, yeah. So we have a lovely email from a guest, I mean, uh, wow, a listener, and it is from Kit. Do you want to go ahead and read that? Bob? Yeah, I can do that. Uh, hello to the cast of For What It's Worth and its guest. Hello. It's Kit, and I just wanted to share my thoughts on this week's topic. Macro and micro is a really unique subject that exists within our fandom. Height differences do exist within the world world, and yet it's not quite the same as how it's played out in the macro-micro. I think it's due to the cre- this creativity that I can appreciate a lot of different aspects of it, from the cute family-friendly works to sexual works to the works that are just about venting and negative something. Emotions. Thank you. Your supercomputer cut it off. I feel like I need to mention Duncan Rue because he was the first macro fur that I came across. He's a big green kangaroo who tends to find himself in a lot of different cartoon antics. In addition, he has been able to incorporate his massive size into fursuit performance, and I think that's really cool. If you'd like to watch, you can watch one of the videos here, https backslash backslash www.youtube.com backslash watch question mark v equals sign 5vxtoc8et dash q. Love them hyperlinks. <laughs> the last thing that I want to mention is that there's a piece of for what it's worth artwork in which Tugs and Rue are micro and Koru is macro. I think it's cute and appropriate for the topic, so I want to send that email to HTTPS. <laughs> <laughs> no, please don't read it. <laughs> Anyhow, thank you for reading my email. I hope that you all are doing well with massive amount of love and cookies. Kit. Nice. So here's the picture. For all of you guys listening in 4K. We'll, we'll probably have that one linked on the, the show. It seems you've also cloned yourself. There's a lot of you running around. I know. I don't know. 
how would I do with like? So then, did you like just shrink and then split up, or are you small because you split up and now there's a bunch of small users? I, I think it's probably because somebody like blasted us or something like that, and it, it we broke up into little tiny pieces of ourselves, <laughs> kind of like they do with cartoons. What is it, Doctor Nukas messing around with rays again? <laughs> Possibly, but there's one um, in this picture. Tugs is crawling out of um, Koru's ear. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, I've been there, done that. It's, You've been there, done that? It's fluffy so, in there. So then we have to ask <laughs> Tatsu, what crevices have you crawled? That's a bad question. <laughs> no, that is an excellent question. And now that you're on the spot and on the air, let's hear them. All right. Okay. Um, this is probably a list bigger than myself. <laughs> I've... Probably, I don't know. There's, I mean, there's a lot of crevices. I've probably in crevice, been in crevices that you guys haven't even considered. Like, I mean, I mean, you got your butts and your dicks and the space between the dicky and the big balls and the. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's, this is explicit. <laughs> Go ahead. Where have you been? Oh my God. <laughs> this is an adult podcast. So. Okay, um, I mean, there's underboob, there's, uh... You're turning Jesus. red. Shut up. No. This stop. is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we had you on, Tatsu. I actually didn't know that it was this explicit of a podcast. I'm not gonna lie. Um, you know, there have been lower regions. There's the obvious ones, like between toes and curled up in toes. Uh, I was once small enough that I was able to, like get in like the foot wrinkles it was weird i didn't enjoy that one as much to be honest i have limits on how small i can get because if you get much smaller than that it starts losing its interest in my opinion anyway i know people who would like just like ha wow subatomic they fit in those crevices (laughs) oh so they're they're (laughs) like fighting like diseases and stuff like that i guess i don't know i am the best white blood cell let me fucking tell you (laughs) um no, so I mean, if if you think it might be pleasurable, I've probably been in that crevice at one point or another. There's the common ones, and then there's like, you know, what's entertaining actually. I think one of my favorites that gets underutilized is the belly button. I'm not even gonna lie. I think that is the sickest shit. The belly button. The belly button. The the belly button is that, not utilized enough. You know, there is one thing that I have a hard time with, and that's people trying to stick their fingers in my belly button. I know that's like off topic here, and I don't mean to be like super <laughs> random here, but like it it is a hole, and I get that. But like, if you have your great big sausage fingers and you're putting it in my belly button, let me tell you that hurts. So loop up if you're gonna touch the belly button. <laughs> Just kidding. That's awesome. That's hilarious. No, but no, I've I've probably been stuffed in belly buttons more times than I can count, and it's entertaining every time. I do prefer that we pretend that people wash them out, though. <laughs> yes, I'm so glad you said that. I that's I'm normal. Like... <laughs> we all just believe everyone is clean at yep. all times. All at all times, nobody has any dirt or nasty things. Unless you're Ever. into that. <laughs> Unless you're into that, then that's cool. For what it's worth, does not kink shame. We don't. So in other words, when you're crawling up the butt, there's no... There's like, no poop. There's no poop in there. No feces. <laughs> no ass nuggets. No logs. Oh 
my god. How many synonyms for poop can we go for? Please stop. Uh, first time I've ever asked a guest to stop. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, so um, we have a li- little audio clip from. I'm waiting for people to email me telling me I'm a coward. <laughs> um, the email is from Where Gururuman. I think that's how you say it. How do you say his name? Yeah, that's it. Where Gururuman. And so we're going to pull that up. This is an old werewolf called Wergururuman X. Or Mr. X, because people cannot pronounce my name worth a crap. So, here I've got asked by Ruchi Lexico about a wonderful thing called Fur What It's Worth. And he's asking me to explain myself about Micro Macro. So, who, what, why, where, and how. So, we're going to start off with why I'm a my, why. I am a macro. Reason number one is because of size and domination aspect, but also the perception aspect. This allows me to both guard, protect, maintain control of those around me. I'm commanding, influential person. With that comes my size, living large as they always say. Next would be the domination factor. I like to have that control, again. This allows me to do with what I want to other furs or people how I please, which usually ends up well for the other person being teased, licked over, or outright devoured, because I like boar. Sometimes, I like being larger for the more favorite kinks that comes with the size. Like I said, vor, foot, paw fetish, or again, domination. Many of my pets enjoy this aspect. Some of my slaves, and of course, most of which are being into devoured, stuffed in my sheath, or shaft, sat on, forced in my rear, or other orifice on my body, or even stuck underneath me to smell musk, or even just be dominated in any way, shape, or form. I mean, heck, sometimes I feel like sitting on him and feel the seat because I like squirming things. But more onto the gentler side. I've always enjoyed being the one uh, helping others, an aspect of support, being the main carry or guardian. With my size and stature, this allows me to do this, but I also like laying, others laying on me, or sleeping on me, knowing that they will be safe. My dominant personality along with my predator agenda enhances this, in fact. Especially like my being the size and the creature I am, not only for myself, but for my cherished pets and betas, and of course slaves. My one and only Kirigari Husky, which I love very much. And with that on that, I'm going to touch on saying, this werewolf behemoth, myself, is a dominant werewolf, but protective of the pack and leader of men. Definitely am. Now, on to the aspect of where... I'm actually anywhere, and that's funny because my name is Where, so where is where? Well, right here I am. I'm almost known a lot of places, Telegram, Twitter, but my main place I stay is Telegram, sadly, because I don't have time to keep up with a lot of their social medias. So I stick with Telegram and possibly Steam once in a while because I'm definitely a gamer. Um, why do I do it? Because as mentioned above, and then, of course, the Who... For all of my friends that I care for, and all the reasons I've mentioned already, the how, because my imagination when I was younger, I've always found an aspiration for Digimon, and Wergurumon being the protector and carer of many, which I thought, you know, that'd be good, and I thought of a backstory about my character. So, with that, it almost comes close to three minutes. So, I will leave with the aspect of understanding macros just because they're big doesn't mean they're going to hurt you 
Sometimes it just means they're better noticed and better able to care for others. All right, so Tatsu. Yeah. You get first response. Oh. So, I mean... It's this is for what it's worth. So this is an opinion podcast. So please, you know, feel free to share your opinion. So, I mean, I guess in response directly, mm-hmm. I can agree with a lot of what he says about the caring aspects. To be honest, um, definitely. I mean, there's definitely the sexual aspects, but I feel like those are paid attention to way more easily than the caring aspects. Um, honestly, uh, in in my opinion, I think there's too many macros. You may now boo. I will pause for the boos. Boo. <laughs> um, there's a lot, and I mean a lot, of specifically macro art. Okay, giant people in a city, giant people breaking out of a room, giant people this, giant people that. I see it all the time. It is overwhelming um the those wiki for pages we uh we looked at earlier like the fact that the micro one was a stub was in, incredibly topical in, in in the sense that if, if you go searching for macro micro content you're going to see macro content with a little micro content which i mean i, I don't know it's in the name it's in the name but it's still not fair i personally prefer normal person and tiny person interactions okay running around the apartment building you know this tom and jerry okay i will straight up reference tom and jerry i would never consider that like a fetishy macro micro interaction but like that sort of setting the normal house with the normal sized things and the tiny person that's my preference anyway so in other words like zootopia Yes, actually. Um, so let's just get Chief Bogo with the rodent colony. Let's go. Come on, <laughs> do it now. <laughs> um, or maybe the other way around, technically, because it's it's definitely something that you don't see very often. Um, I actually follow specifically a couple of people who focus on that content. There's uh, his art is super sketchy. It's really cute, actually, um, but his. I don't know about his Twitter handle. I don't know if I found him on Twitter, but his Tumblr handle is the Bad Lover Man, um, and he does specifically interactions where he's actually being like super kind and gentle with micros in his living environment. You know, he'll take showers with them. They'll be up in the soap dispenser while he showers. Cute things like that, uh, laying on bellies, uh, and then of course, you know, he does get into the kinkier stuff. Um, there's something super appealing about uh watching his character like gently and slowly sit on the tiny people or you know squish him under the, under his dick or something like that um but it's all like it it's obvious that there's like a lot of trust and care in that um he has a an article that i actually link people a lot uh when the topic when the topic comes up occasionally um where he personally treats um, even in role play, I guess, um, he treats macro micro fetish stuff similarly to BDSM. Um, in the case of, um, you know, so, you, like, you do your you you do you do your scene, and then there's the mental. I just hit the microphone, and then there's like the mental aftercare afterwards. You know, there's the making sure that the other person is okay. There's the making sure 
that you didn't hurt them or make them feel uncomfortable at any point. I, I think that that's um, similar to what M- Mr. Wergurman ended up stating yeah. um, about the um, caring aspect and, you know, but yeah. the, there's a sense of dominancy there as well. Right. There definitely is. And I mean, how can you not, if we're being honest here? <laughs> um, I, I guess, I guess the biggest difference is that he's definitely coming from uh, a perspective where it's more likely that they're knocking over buildings than block towers. <laughs> yeah. What's your what's your feelings, Mr. Voss? I'm waiting for the Avengers to come and stop these rampaging giants from destroying our towns. <laughs> Tell him to keep it in the bedroom. <laughs> that's a big house. <laughs> you have some property damage street. that's happened. We got to get a beanstalk going. So, you know... I've seen a lot of different macro stuff. I mean, I've seen like people taking buses and using it as a like a a toy to like paw off into and stuff like that. Like they rip off the front of the bus and fuck it. And fuck it. Shove it right in there. <laughs> With people like running and screaming out yeah, and man. falling from the bus. I see it all the time. It's <laughs> it is you know, pun completely intended. The dominant aspect of the fetish is the rampaging monster. So, speaking of rampage, you know, they are coming out with a movie. Yes, let's talk. Let's talk about rampage, just a little bit. I think a, a lot of the um, the mac- micro stuff comes from um, rampage. Um, I think that. Did you mean micro or macro? You said micro. You said I meant, micro. I meant macro. Yeah, I'm no, definitely. The, the big boys going there. I just wanted there. to make, sh- uh, yeah, make sense. No and then the alien artifact making them grow. Is that what they're going with? I, that's what the that's what the trailers was like. Some alien object landed, and then the monkey touched it, and now he's a giant. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. I mean, it is what it is. Radiation and whatnot. And apparently, they're going for like a Godzilla type thing, where he's like trying to help and you know, destroy all the other big monsters and yeah. save humanity. And he's a monster himself. And of course, humanity doesn't understand. So therefore, they're trying to kill him too. They're trying to kill him too. Because <laughs> nobody understands. I'm just big, not mean. <laughs> you just knocked that over with your dick. Well, have some respect for public transportation then. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bus stop. Um, I've seen a little bit about it. Um, I actually, I've, I've been a bad and unfaithful micro and I've been too engrossed in video games. I've only seen like one trailer and it was a teaser when it first got announced. So all I saw was, uh, uh, Dwayne Johnson, the rock, uh, looking intense and then watching, uh, a flying squirrel wolf come through a building (laughs) and i was like oh they're doing a rampage movie cool that'll be nice what um what movies and um media are out there that you feel like that may have influenced micro Oh, we talked about Magic the School Bus and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Hell Is there yeah. anything else? Anastasia. Um, I mean, not seen... Anastasia. Um, Thumbelina. Thumbelina, definitely. Um, if you want to move over to the anime side of things, that was The Secret World of Arietti a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. um, which was based off of... I can't remember if it was The Borrowers or The Littles. Oh, The Littles. Was, was it The Littles or The Borrowers? Because that's a very important distinction. I think, I think actually it's The Borrowers, but they were called Littles. 
Are they both? Yeah, I believe it's both. From from my understanding, the borrowers are more human but small, but the littles are like little mouse people. They have like mouse tails. Yeah. I, I can't remember. I know that there was an old, old cartoon series for the littles, um, and they're all dressed like Boy Scouts all the time. If So, hey, there you go. <laughs> Micro Boy Scouts, there you go. <laughs> Um, I mean, I know this is kind of transformation, but the witches, like, he transformed him into a, a little tiny mouse, but that's kind of different. No, transformation totally counts if you keep size ratios, like, oh god, what was it? It was, um, Rockadoodle. I would, I would argue that if you're more into, like, the actual shrinking aspect and not just the generally small aspect, like, movies where the main character gets turned from a human into a mouse or a human into a cat and, you know, all of a sudden it's a great big world, yeah, no, that yeah. definitely counts, 100%. So what did you feel about Ant-Man? Ant-Man was... I actually really enjoyed Ant-Man, unpopular opinion. Um, I think it gets a lot more crap than it deserves. Um, they definitely needed to establish the character before. Well, and not Avengers. just the movie, but in, in the whole... In general? In general, the genre of, of Ant-Man. I mean, I think that, that he may have some influence on micro stuff. Taking, taking that into account, um, I'm unfortunately not a super big comic book guy. Um, I am, I'm definitely a cinematic universe fan because I didn't have access to the other material. Um, but when Ant-Man came out, yeah, it does get expensive. I once tried to dedicatedly follow the Sonic the Hedgehog comic series. That didn't happen for very long. Um, but, uh, no, sorry. Um, the Ant-Man in general, like the tiny superhero aspect, uh, I think that's actually super relevant for me personally, to be honest. Um, cause regardless of, of six inches or four foot tall. Um, I actually write my character into stories where he's um, actively doing things to help the good of the world. Uh, so would you say that you have kind of like the powers of Ant-Man where it's like you're all. you're able to pick <laughs> things up like... So, so, so that technically, yes, but not when I'm small. So Tatsu's small... So Tatsu's default is small, okay? Six inches is actually the default height for Tatsu. He actually uses um, Doctor Strange-style bullshit, um, where you use the energy from adjacent realities, draw them into your reality to make things happen that it should not happen. And that's how he gets big, to be honest, um, is, is quantum entanglement shenanigans. Um, that's how he enters the four-foot state. Um, so but, you go to an alternate universe where everything is just a little bit smaller. So you seem like Ford. Nope. Nope. He has, it's, it's a reality altering thing. It, I could, it's an illusion effect. It is an illusion effect. Okay. Yep. It's an advanced illusion effect because Kitsunes are illusionists. Um, but if you just, you know, push a little harder and add some quantum bullshit, you can force the illusion to be reality in this reality. So that's how that works. I could go on for hours about my character, but that's not the topic. <laughs> you know, I, I do want to kind of go back to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and Honey, okay. I blew up the that one blew up the kid or oh whatever. Oh, my God. Those two are definitely way more influential for me than, than Ant-Man was, to be honest. Definitely. Um, and that's why I wanted to go back to it, because, I mean, like, you have the, the kids that shrink down to, for sure. you know, And they ant ride an ant across and, the yard. Oh my gosh, Go Auntie. <laughs> and then he died. He and it was so sad. And then when they blew up the baby, where the baby. And, and that's <laughs> yeah, why. Yeah, the guts so and chunks were everywhere. 
Oh, wait, that's not what happened. Blew up means make bigger. Yes. I'm surprised that the baby wasn't pixelated. Don't they know that you can't just increase the size of a JPEG like that? But, um, shh. Uh, that was. <laughs> I'm funny. That was Sometimes a, that was a good laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I think Honey I Shrunk um, that particular um, that series was that definitely series. like, and it was it, right there. It goes with micro and macro right there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, question: Do you have a shrink ray? No. Is that how? How do you get small? Like, is your character just small, or is so? Yeah. No, my character is just small, and I expend the energy to get big so that I can interact with you people without getting stepped on. Talk about you people. Talking about you people. So, <laughs> so what other stories have you kind of seen that people use to describe why they are big or why they are small? Is it usually the pills and the ray guns or is I it see more just normally that's their size? It, there's, there's honestly one of three, okay? Usually, I, I feel like that the growth and shrinking aspect is super huge ha. Uh, in, in the communities. Like, it's, it's almost never, oh, they're just that size. Unless it's in, like, art or a story or something. I've seen plenty of, like, art and stories where it's, oh, that's just their size. And they're traveling to the city, next city over, to cause some harmless fun as we're knocking over buildings with our asses and dicks. Um, but when it comes to like actual role play, there's almost always a growth or shrinking aspect and it usually comes through magic, science, or I guess technically pills or science too. So it usually comes through magic or science in the form of spells, pills, or ray guns. Um, I guess, do we want to count potions with pills? Well, we can uh, Alice in Wonderland. Like, let's. Oh yeah, we no, we, we should have brought out Alice, brought Wonderland Alice in Wonderland up. up. I um, mean, you know, eating different things to grow bigger or grow smaller. Or get smaller. Yep. And then there's that uh, Kingdom Hearts level where you have to figure out which one you need, and it gets really annoying going back and forth. <laughs> Getting bigger and smaller over and over again because you chose the wrong one to go through the wrong door. It's bad. Anyway. Um, Alice in Wonderland is, I'd count that as potions. It's like magic brownies. <laughs> Except the magic is not marijuana. Can you think of other, any other media? Oh, no. I'm, the only thing, not directly, the only other thing I can come up with is like Don Bluth movies. Is that kind of the size difference you like? Well, I did pull up, pull up, uh... Rockadoodle earlier. The Rockadoodle so of um, the I turning think into actually, a cat, or do you mean like uh, Nim? Where now that it's I just think about small it, mice, so and they're talking people. about Nim, but um, Vival goes west. Oh my that gosh, was the I other was one I was thinking. That. I think that Vival goes west is probably one of my favorite movies, and was probably my first, first, first introduction to, admittedly, more the fetishy side, like. I guess to, to you know that reaction that everybody always gets watching Robin Hood for the first time when they put the, they put the collar over Robin Hood and you go, wow, why does my dick feel funny? I'm too. <laughs> what? No, that was Vival Goes West for me. 100% um, was the size difference between him and his cat buddy whose name escapes me. I can't remember his name either. Oh, neither, neither can I now. Yeah, All I can think of is somewhere <laughs> out there. Yep. I was just thinking more of a, that's the general kind of world you like. Yeah. Um, 
I think that worlds where macros and micros are pretty like you know usual to each other. Definitely, I think Zootopia was a super good example of that, um, where everybody's just kind of their normal size. I think worlds like that are super awesome. But then I also really like the privatized situations where, oh well, damn, um, everybody's kind of sort of the same size, humanoid and whatnot. Um, but <laughs> why are you so small? <laughs> Now we can do things, yeah, in the privacy of my apartment, yeah. We could also bring up the BFG as far as, like, giants and stuff like that. You know, I actually never read the BFG, so we should probably stay away from that one because I'm bad at literature. <laughs> it was a movie! They made a movie? They made a movie of it. I completely missed it's it. It's on Netflix. You can go watch it. I should probably go watch that. Yeah. And if, I bet it's hot. And if it was driving you nuts, the cat's name is just Tiger in Five Goes West. Cute Tiger. So that size difference is ideal. Uh, you know, one thing that I find interesting is, um, and you know what? Let's talk about it when we get back from break. We'll we'll go. There you go. That's a great segue. <laughs> All right. Time for everyone to go pee. Hailing frequencies open. Smokescale Aquatus here with another round of news for you. As of Wednesday, March 28th, here are your space headlines. NASA is gearing up for their next big rover to put on Mars. The sister mission to the Curiosity rover, Mars 2020, likely to be renamed, is shaping up and coming along. What's really cool is that the folks at JPL, that's the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, are considering putting a flying drone on the compact sedan-sized robot. Since Mars has gravity that's only about three-eighths as strong as Earth's, you'd think that would be an ideal place to fly a helicopter. But keep in mind, the atmosphere there is less than 1% of Earth's, so there's nowhere near as much air for the rotor to push against. Even with that harsh reality in mind, NASA's JPL has been running tests on designs, and they've had encouraging results. The design would weigh about 1.8 kilograms, or about 4 pounds, it would have a battery capable of keeping it aloft between 1.5 to 2 minutes, and it would come equipped with solar panels to recharge the battery for multiple hops, and each hop could be about 300 meters, or about 1,000 feet. Having a camera that can survey the terrain in advance could help operators steer the ground-based rover with greater safety, meaning it could last longer. The decision hasn't been made yet, but it should be coming down shortly. Just think, the first alien craft to fly in a non-Earth atmosphere. And no, I don't mean crashing through the sky or drifting down by parachute. I mean actually fly, in a controlled manner. Lift off, maneuver, and land. That would be pretty amazing. Eat your heart out, Dragonfly. New crew bound for the ISS launched last week, leaving a fiery trail across the night sky as the Soyuz rocket carrying them put them into orbit. Cosmonaut Oleg Artemyev and NASA astronauts Andrew Feustel and Ricky Arnold were put on a two-day rendezvous course with the orbiting laboratory, set to join Expedition 55 in progress, then transition over to Expedition 56. Feustel will be named commander when the transition takes place in April. It's just another leg in the relay race of continued human presence in space. We've been holding it for almost 18 years, starting back on October 31st, 2000. That's right, Halloween was the first day of continuous human presence in space. Spooky. Here's hoping we never see another gap. James Webb is delayed again. Let's just go ahead and put that out there. The telescope that ate the budget was supposed to launch in 2019, but things have come up. A number of technical snags have forced the schedule to slip to the right. The telescope itself has undergone a number of tests and proved it's working well. However, that's not the only part. 
there is the bus that it will connect to, the platform the whole assembly will be mounted on that is still under construction. This is where the complex and delicate sunshield will deploy from. Without that, there will be too much light getting in. That can obscure observations and heat up the instrumentation so it can't detect the extremely low infrared wavelengths it's designed to sense. At present, engineers say it could be ready by 2020, but the cost will likely soar past $8 billion. I know it sounds like this thing has become more trouble than it's worth, but consider this. If we just stop now and mothball the whole thing, that's a lot of sunk cost that just goes to waste. The best way right now is forward. It would be a terrible shame for so much time, effort, and money to be lost. And when James Webb gets into space, deploys, and starts sending back science, we'll all be praising it for being a worthwhile endeavor. We just have to get it there. And no more cost plus contracts, please, NASA. India is set to test a new upgraded engine on their GSLV. This will be the 12th flight of the geosynchronous satellite launch vehicle and the 6th flight of the indigenous cryogenic upper stage. It replaced a similar stage India had been procuring from Russia. They're looking to squeeze a little extra thrust and a slightly longer burn time out of that upper stage engine. The payload is the GSAT-6A, which will complement the already orbiting GSAT-6. The hope is, together, the two satellites will be a testbed for developing new technologies, like an antenna that can unfurl rather than extend. While it's not a major milestone, it's always wonderful to see India on top of their rocketry game. I've got nothing but the best wishes for the whole launch team. In fact, by the time you hear this, they'll have already made a launch attempt. You know, unless they had to delay, which I hope is not the case. Go India, go. That's all for this round. Stay tuned for the next episode of For What It's Worth for more. Until next time, this is Smokescale Aquatus saying keep looking up, space fans. I'm Luke Garwolf from West Virginia, a state that actually has furries, I promise, and you're listening to For What It's Worth. All right, and now we're back, yay, for the For What It's Worth show, woo, okay, woo, we're doing a party, woo, okay. all right, that was really dumb. So, what do we have Air on the horn list? noises. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> what? Sweet air horn noises. I know everybody loves those. <laughs> so I guess we're going right into our Patreon. Yes. All right. Give me my communist music. Oh, no. You want me to do that? <laughs> Just because. Oh, no. I don't remember. She lost something. Unfortunately. Tugs has locked away the Patreon behind a paywall that I don't have the login information. So, Dokos, Loritos, Locos, Tacos got saved for one more time from not having it. But I want to go out and thank everyone who is committed to Patreon. It pays for the show, literally. We wouldn't have any of the equipment for any of our studios if it wasn't for you guys helping out today. And so I want to thank you for everyone. If you'd like to come and throw money our way at our peasant feet, <laughs> you can do so at patreon.com slash fwiw. It pays for the show. Yay! Yay! More equipment. I know. It makes it so nice. Like, we just barely paid off these um, these nice new microphones that we've been talking through um, and this audio equipment so that we were able to afford to actually do the split um, studio because 
I mean, if it wasn't for the patron, what would have probably have happened is um, Tugs would have went off to Seattle and I would have stayed here and... We would be sharing a mic right now uh, and it would be very awkward. Yeah, we'd be like kissing the mic. We'd be kissing each other and it would just, it would devolve. All those smacking noises in the middle mm, of it. Yeah. I don't think anybody would mind. <laughs> Just become a AMSR masturbation video or audio clip. That's all. So Tatsu, what have we been talking about? Uh, we've been talking about uh, giant dicks, giant butts, and tiny dicks and, and tiny, tiny butts dicks and tiny butts. Hmm. Uh, macro micro stuff. Awesome. So <laughs> the question I was going to ask you actually before um, uh, before we went on break was um, the environment and the tools that micro and macro. Um, people use um or furs use or um so like for example like gadget from um gadget from the rescue rangers you know how she uses all these different things like that that you know a normal person would be um a normal sized person would be using like pencils or uh sardine cans different things like that um I forgot my question that I was going to ask. Well, we're just going to talk about that topic. I've, I've, I've sharpened this wrench into a great sword. Give me your leg. Ah. <laughs> so you've used things like um, using tools a, and stuff like that. Using a sewing needle as a sword? Hell yeah. Um, oh, God, what was it? Oh, uh, Tale of Despero. A uh, little mouse character did that. Used a needle as a, a rapier. It was actually one of the more well-done... Uh, didn't, wasn't that, didn't that just come out? Tale of Tale of Despero? I think it was a couple of years ago. Oh. Yeah. It wasn't it was like one of those off studios. It was uh um not any it wasn't DreamWorks or or anything like that. It was uh some little off indie studio, but it ended up getting a lot of good reviews. It was um it might have even been foreign, to be honest. Um it might have been an actual French film and I just didn't notice. It was actually really good. Um, it was very entertaining. It's about a little mouse who goes on an adventure in a royal's castle to save the princess from something. Oh yeah, but I she's like a that. she's like a normal sized human princess and everything. And he just has to commandeer a magic flower from the bad guy. So that's that, you know what that's another interesting one is when oh it's the only tiny person in the area. Everybody else is normal sized. The only reason he's able to do heroic things is because nobody is noticing that he's doing the heroic things until he goes, ha-ha, at the very end, and the bad guy goes, fuck, what? <laughs> no! How? When? God damn it. The end. The end. I was not paying attention to your pitter-patter of tiny feet, <laughs> and now you have smote me. Smoted. <laughs> well, so we've already kind of talked a little bit about, I mean, since you were talking about video games, um, let's go on to that topic. Um, how has video games inspired micro and macro? I mean, we talked about Rampage already. So there was definitely Rampage, uh, back in the day. Um, I have no idea what it's called. Um, but there was an old game that I used to play at my cousin's house. Um, it was a Mac game too. <laughs> Gross. I love Max. No. It's so good. I'm going to diss on him all over the place. Anyway, <laughs> um, it was it was a game on our Mac uh, where you play as a little pill bug uh, running through the lawn in some kid's backyard. I don't know. There's uh, enemies like centipedes and beetles that you have to go against. Um, and then there's uh, the, I think, 
what really stuck out as that I can vividly remember of that is that the, you know how usually they'll just put uh, like an invisible wall at the end of a level when you go to where you can't go out of the map? Mm-hmm. There was no invisible wall. Uh, if you go outside of the level's bounds, you just get stepped on by kids playing soccer. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty brutal. Um, just, hey, uh, see those feet in the distance? If you go to them, you will die. That's just how it works. I don't make the rules. So kids are just walking around the boundaries. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah man. <laughs> They're just marching one after just, the other. It's, tongue, uh, tongue, I bet it's uh, uh, kindergarten class with those uh, child line leashes. <laughs> Have you seen those? Yes, I have. Oh, they're so funny. I lose my shit every time. Um, and they're just walking in a big old square. Daily exercise, kids. Let's go. Don't step in that space. There's an adventure going on. So you, um, let's see, there was Shadow of Colossus? Yeah. So I've, I've um, uh, again, I, I, I guess I should just state I'm a PC gamer, so I don't get access to a, a lot of things because people don't make video games for the PC anymore. That's me being bitter. Really? Um, they don't make games Yeah, for no. The PC there are anymore? no games for the PC anymore. And we were just talking about Far Cry 5 earlier. That's all. That's it's that's not, not for PC. Really? It's not? I thought no, it was it for PC. Oh, yes, yeah. it is. I'm being bitter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing it all on PC. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm being bitter because um, I'll, I'll always be bitter, uh, I guess, if you want a quick example. Um, Destiny 1 was just like, we're going to make a PC version. And then Destiny 1 was like, we're not going to bother... So, yeah, stuff like that happens a lot. Anyway, um, so at a friend's house, I've started playing Shadow of the Colossus. Um, and what's what's really interesting is I've actually got, uh, basically, everybody will watch me playing this goddamn game, and I'll be on something's back or, like, crawling up its up its back, right above its ass, and they're just like, why aren't you going down? Aren't you a micro? Aren't you into that? Why aren't you heading down towards its ass crack? Slip yourself right in. Have a good time. And just, no, I'm going to walk up to its fucking forehead and stab it in the face. Um, <laughs> it's like, look, we're supposed to be fighting the giants, not fucking the giants. Besides, they're made of stone. I don't know about you, but that's not the kind of rock hard I'm into. But, um... <laughs> Um, but no, Shadow of the Colossus has been pretty good. Um, I actually put a lot of perspective. I think uh, Shadow of the Colossus specifically actually ushered some changes to my personal character and how stuff like that works. Because um, let me tell you, that kid has some insane upper body strength getting flipped around on these giants like that and holding on. Um, they're not gentle, let me tell you. Uh, they shake a lot. And when they shake, if you let go of the grab button, you will go flying and it will not be comfortable. Isn't that an indication they don't consent? <laughs> what? Do you and, and you're going you're going for it, huh? <laughs> We're just going for it. We're going to start stabbing any second now. Well, that was a <laughs> notification. Speaking of consent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, no, it's totally absolutely these the colossi are not consenting. And this little tiny boy with a sword is uh being very rude and disrespectful the epitome of the same thing is hi i'm tiny you should oh no is that your feet are you gonna are you gonna step on me oh no that'd be terrible oh <laughs> um there was a game that uh Vouse showed me during 
the break. While all of you guys were out peeing, we were watching wonderful video game trailers. Hell yeah. Yes. What was it called? Extinction? Extinction. Giant orcs raiding a city, and you're the one guy who knows how to kill them because you got a sword that shoots fire, it looks like. It was an ancient order because all the ogres were gone <laughs> for so long that everyone got complacent. Everybody got bored. So uh, they weren't needed anymore, so now there's only a couple. That's why you should keep old things around you guys. Anyway, <laughs> it looked really good. Um, it's very Attack on Titan-esque since you need to, you know, hit them in the head, cut off their head before they're actually dead, but... It looks like it'll be a lot of fun. I didn't actually see gameplay, but I'm definitely going to look into it. Well, you can do it. There's gameplay out. I just showed you the trailer. Yeah. Um, Attack on Titan. The Attack on Titan games are actually super good. Um, What was it? You know what? Let me... I know not everybody has access to this. Um, Go ahead. But I want to talk about VR for a sec. Uh, Okay. Go ahead. Because virtual reality... um, I actually ended up getting kind of a a new perspective on like the macro micro perspective thing. Uh Um, I was messing around in VR chat, which uh, for those of you who aren't aware, is where the Ugandan knuckles come from. Yeah. Stay away. Stay away. (laughs) Actually, it's, it's not bad to be honest. It it, y'all remember when second life was a thing. Yep. It's actually almost identical to be completely honest because um, not everywhere is a cancerous hell hole only some places and you have to go looking for them. Everything else is people comfortably sitting around a campfire and chatting. It's actually super chill. Well, that sounds way different than what anything I was ever presented on VR chat. That's because whenever somebody was presenting it to you, they were laughing their ass off it. No, no. It, was, it was a piglet asking everyone to join him by committing suicide. So that was my introduction to VR chat. That's oh. awesome. No, that is not awesome. And he, and he had an Indian accent. Oh, and no. it was It was like tech support, come with me, and it was just all wrong. It was... Holy God. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, topic. So, yeah, topic. <laughs> uh, I did find an avatar that was like two inches tall. Um, and assuming... Because the thing is is everything is really specific in VR chat. So if you're wearing a larger avatar, then it's obvious. Everything around you looks smaller, from the environment to the people running around, things like that. Are you mm-hmm. constantly looking up everywhere then? Does it reflect that? or is It, it does, just... actually. Um, okay. And so I found an avatar that was like two inches tall, and I was like... I'm absolute garbage. I have to try this. And that perspective was really interesting. Like that legitimate perspective was interesting because even though I knew that I was like small, like Jesus Christ levels of small, like, oh my God, watch out for that. Nothing looked as big as I felt like it should have. Like I could walk up to somebody And it was obvious that I wasn't taller than their shoe. But from afar, everything just kind of looks like you're at a slightly lower angle than everything else. It's not until things are like right next to you that you realize, oh, I appear to be minuscule. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Maybe that's exactly how it is in reality. I'm kind of going to assume as much, to be honest. And it's just skewed because that's just how the artist rendition of it to make it appear that way. Exactly. No, everything looks normal when you're tiny, unless it's right next to you. Hmm. 
And I found that really interesting. And I have, I mean, obviously I have no real world reference, but this is like straight up my perspective was lowered to the ground in first person. I don't know how much closer we're going to get to that until we actually start shrinking people, which would be a terrible idea. So this may... Go ahead. Well, no, because there was that, that movie that just came out. Oh, Downsizing? Downsizing. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it either. What is it about? It's a uh, social economic commentary on <laughs> if if you were to shrink people down to like five inches tall and put them in their own community... Um, where, because now they take a fraction of the cost to live, all of a sudden you take like a hundred dollars is now worth 10 times more because you're so small and you don't use as many resources. Yeah. Your $1 cracker can now feed a family of 20. Mm. $1 cracker. Jesus Christ. Hey, I live extravagantly and this is my (laughs) lifestyle. Don't you shame me. Wow. (laughs) Hmm, let's see. We'll, we're going to spend $100 quickly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 100 crackers. Enjoy. Holy God. Yeah. So basically, uh, uh, the people who decide to do the downsizing, uh, or at least as, the, uh, as far as the trailer would describe, are people who feel like they're doing their part to help the environment and overpopulation because they're shrinking themselves down and using less than half the resources that everybody else is using. So what's the what's the main like story plot it's just kind of comedic factor of things happening while you're small yeah like i said there's no going back once you're small you're small oh yep um i think that there was uh i'm 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 sure there's a political subplot i haven't seen it yet neither Um, as far as i'm aware there's a uh character like a scientist character who was shrunk against her will uh to be politically silenced about something or other but that was just what i saw a quick scan of the wiki. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, any other, let's see, any other, let, let's, any other thoughts or topics or that you can think of, Mr. Voss? Mm. Any questions that you have for our guest? Well, I already answered, got my question beforehand, but you refused to answer, so we'll skip right past that one. <laughs> what was that one again? No. We need to remind that. Do <laughs> no. you really want it? Yes. Because I'll tell it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then, Tatsu. When you're small, how big is your penis? I'm not answering that. <laughs> See, I told you. <laughs> well, no, let's talk about the fetish side for a little bit. Okay. A little bit. Like, I've seen... <laughs> I mean, we, we have talked about it, but I've seen, like, a little tiny... Um, tiny fox that has this great big huge gigantic enormous penis (laughs) so like is there characters like certain characters that can shrink only certain things or enlarge just certain things or so it's a lot rarer but i've definitely seen it i mean you could argue that fetishism itself is a rule 34 Mm -hmm. if it exists there's a fetish of it somewhere um uh i have seen god what was it no i've definitely seen it was probably one of the one of the weirder things i've ever seen there was uh somebody who was getting shrunk but their dick wasn't shrinking with them so by the end of the sequence they were just being used as like a living dildo (laughs) they were a normal sized dick attached to a tiny person and the per- the other character in the scene was just like going to town with him, like you would a bad dragon toy. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
so going along with the the the, the fetish things is you said earlier that uh, that the mi- micro macro it itself is super rare doesn't really exist and it's usually just uh, it's usually giants rampaging a giants rampaging but it, it's it's an association to some other fetish yeah so I would argue that uh, macro micro macro micro is what I like to refer to as a mixer fetish so whereas. I guess a good example would be BDSM is definitely a fetish that, you know, can stand up on its own, has separate parts to it, and is a a whole thing. Um, I would argue that macro micro in general is something that can't really stand up on its own. It relies on being a modifier to other fetishes such as a foot fetish or... um, I don't know. Foot fetish is the big one, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of macro art where it's uh, the camera's at a lower perspective and the giant is raising their foot above a a crowded street of people who are about to be squished. Do you like being squished? I enjoy being squished. Like, is it squished as in permanency type thing or is it squished as in, like... So I'm definitely not into death. Um, so death is a super... We're going cartoon flattened. I would argue that I'm not into cartoon flattened either. I like the mildly realistic, mild indent in somebody's soft foot. Um, bones crutching. No bones. No, no pain. I don't. I don't. I don't do pain or death. Um, I mean, I've tried it, but I. Oh man, it was. Um, I guess. I, I think I, it would be really hard for your personas like for your psyche for your persona itself and i was actually going to bring that up because i'm actually super attached to my persona so yeah. my, my same with me 100 uh me um i've had i definitely take a lot more seriousness in myself when i role play than other people do like some people can just do whatever with their characters. They can mentally separate themselves from that character. And I wouldn't say that I have a hard time doing that. I just don't want to mentally separate the identity of myself and my character. So, you know, in a situation where my character is going to die for the sexual pleasure of somebody else, I'm super not into that. Um, If I'm being 100% honest, it's not a boner kill. But after everything is said and done and everybody's finished up, I get super uncomfortable. It's happened before. I I wasn't okay for a couple days after it happened. Um, But uh, it's it's definitely something that people are into. I I could argue that I am into it. I just don't appreciate myself after it happens. Um. (laughs) So pushing a little bit more into the psychological factor, do you feel like... um, Because I, I feel like that there's there's usually a reason why our personas do and are the way that that, that they are. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, I feel like that there's, there's a reason why that I envision Rue as, as younger. Right. It, maybe, maybe psychologically I had something that happened to me. Maybe I just had a more enjoyable time in my youth. There's usually some sort of a reason mm-hmm. why people are into the things that they are in. Right. Um, so, like, do you feel like that you have a particular reason of why you like to be, um, like to be small? Like, um, as far as, 
I know I've asked that question and you said you didn't really know. Right. Um, but, you know, psychologically, um, like for instance, let's talk about big people. So right. um, macros, do they particularly feel like that they don't have control over the world around them, that they have to have some form of grasp of dominancy to, um, to be able to, I don't know how to explain, to be able to live um, because they don't have that sense of control. And so in role play, they're able to role play as this great, big, gigantic, enormous monster that can't be touched. And um, is that because, I mean, I know it's not, not one shoe fits everybody. Right. No, but... I, I, th I think in general, if, if you want to go subconscious, mm -hmm. the things that we aren't really sure about ourselves because we don't really think about it a lot. I think there's definitely a subconscious like control issue there. Um, I think that consciously, though, it's a power trip. I mean, depending on who you are, who doesn't like a power trip? Uh, going back to video games, why would we bother playing the super awesome superhero who can take down 100 people in two seconds? It's a power trip. It's fun. Yeah. Um, it's entertaining uh, from... Uh, it's a way to escape. Exactly, exactly. So I guess that goes back to my question of why do you feel like that there's something that, that has led you to to be small or could be for other people? So me personally, um, I know, I guess from a, from a submissive fetish standpoint... Um, I can tell you right now, because I've thought about it probably way too much, I have 100% internalized a shit ton of the bullying I received in elementary and middle school as a fetish. I enjoy being bullied sexually. Like, that's 100% a thing for me. Jumping off of the macro-micro as a mixer fetish subject, it's just another way to be bullied. Getting stepped on, sat on, picked up slathered in goo <laughs> um it's it being out of control or 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 not in control is definitely a turn on for me but then there's also the hero persona that i have where my character has abilities that allows him to live a day-to-day -day life as a tiny person or as i mentioned earlier he can just make himself you know slightly more normal sized still on the short side but you know at least not six inches tall but he still has abilities that allow him to live a day-to-day -day life, even if he were small. Um, I often, I, I really enjoy domestic scenes, actually. Um, things, not necessarily sexual, but, you know, grabbing your morning coffee with your significant other, who just happens to be, like, 20 times your size. Um, you know, silly things like that. Uh, he has abilities that allow him to live like that easily. Um... Then there's the world building, for example, uh, going back to Five Goes West, where they use the sardine cans and the matchboxes, things like that for beds. Um, that's always entertaining. I, I, I always think of like the I Spy books, because they always would throw just as many everyday objects in the pictures as possible and go, look at this pin. Well, it's in such a juxtaposition where it's actually uh, a pole vault or a limbo bar or something like that for like a tiny person um there's always those uh and then 
Uh, one of my first exposures when I was way younger, um, I started following Sparky the Chew on DeviantArt. Um, and he's probably the, he's, no, he is the first person I ever started watching with macro micro, micro content. And he had a comic strip that he would put out semi-regularly for a while there. It didn't get super far because um, he just lost interest in, in the work. Um, but it was called Big Paw High School. <laughs> and it was totally like a macro micro like high school campus scene where all of the micros were accommodated with like catwalks above the lockers. So the micros didn't have to be down on the ground and underfoot and whatnot. They're on little special areas and walkways. Yeah. <laughs> Mi- micro only zones. No steppy here. Uh, Don't do. Oh, you did it. Oh, no. It's like 18 people just came. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, the terror. So um, speaking move, move, of. Moving on to crushing. Let's. Fetish and the different things like that we have one more email about this particular subject and this is from kane and he said hello for what it's worth it's me kane it's been a long time since i've written in but for the topic like this i just couldn't keep quiet so micro and macro is a very big topic ha ha (laughs) and i feel Um, Phil has a lot of crossovers with other fetishes and interests. Personally for me, while I do like micro and macro things, it's more of more for the easy vorism implication it has. Um, In other words, it's more of a means to the end to an end kink for me rather than an end unto itself. While I, let's see, while I won't turn down same size vor, I much rather prefer the micro macro size difference as it just makes more logical sense in my mind. This seems to be a common thing with other semi-related fetishes too, like foot, foot slash paw and hyper. Um, and I'll completely agree with that. I enjoy Vore almost exclusively on a extreme size difference level. Um, I very much prefer the, uh, I've heard it referred to as the drop in a bucket concept where, you know, the normal sized person can eat the smaller sized person and it's, it's not noticeable. There's not like a big old squirming bulge in their belly. And on a fetish level, I find that way more appealing uh, than same size four, which usually involves, you know, the big squirming belly bulge. Um, I think I actually uh, did look into this with other people once uh, speaking. uh, So, for example, like I think I mentioned earlier that macro micro is sort of like my main thing Mm -hmm. and everything else is kind of secondary for people who are primary vor fetishists. That, that vor is their, is their primary fetish that they partake in. They're the people who like the same size and big squirmy bellies and things like that. Whereas if you're coming into vor from a micro macro standpoint as your primary, mm-hmm. it's definitely more that the bullying again, where nobody cares because out of sight, out of mind, you're gone. <laughs> yeah you're little it's like oh a little morsel yep. uh, i'm just gonna put you in my mouth and swallow yep. oh my god there, so um uh i mentioned earlier that i don't like death but i totally follow a guy who does a lot of crush what's really funny is this guy does a crazy amount of crush art but he's like the nicest person in the universe 
cares? Like, <laughs> you know, we all have our outlets. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, but this guy is like genuinely wholesome when he's not posting art to his Twitter. His art is violent. It is disturbing sometimes. Um, but he'll be talking on Twitter with people and like interacting with people. And he's like, the biggest cuddliest guy ever. He's definitely portrays himself as a big guy, still macro scale or at least abnormally large scale, but he's super cuddly and nice and entertaining to be around. Um, and he recently posted a, a scene from Steven universe. Uh, he, he had looped and sped up a whole bunch where Sugalite, who's like 30 feet tall, something like that. Uh, is like crouching down at Steven going, you like that little man? And he just looped that over and over again because it was the funniest. It was the funniest shit I've seen in a while. It was just like, just walk into his city and start repeating this line over and over again, unceasingly until everybody is so cringed out at you. <laughs> you like that little man? You like that little man? Oh my gosh. You like that little man? No, it was, it was, I... I was busting up pretty bad at the time. I'm trying not to right now because... I'll laugh for 20 years. All right. Well, that goes for that. I guess the, the email goes back into what you said. It's it's a mixer fetish. It's a mixer fetish. It's is, you agree. You agree with him. Imagine imagine if we liked pause, but somebody was tiny at the same time. Bigger is better, right? Exactly. Who doesn't like a bigger penis? Well, now it's bigger <laughs> than you. <laughs> it's bigger than your head. It's bigger than you in general. It's bigger than the world. Uh, let's not go that far. <laughs> Some serious macro. I can fuck the world. Universal Anyways. universal macro size. Is, is that your final thought on the subject? I can oh, fuck you want, the you want to fuck the world? Oh, we are doing final thoughts. We can do that final right thoughts. now. Okay. So, um, yes, my final thoughts is... Go big or go home or <laughs> stay at home and be small. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. Um, no, I honestly, um, final thoughts. You know, I think it's just great to see that, you know, furries are, it's, it's, it's why this podcast show has gone on for so long because there's like, it's really hard for people to get into the fandom because there is so many things different aspects and guess what i've been part of the fandom for a very long time and i'm still learning things and so i think it's great that um you know that we've been able to dive into this topic a little bit more and learn about um our smaller kin and um you know the people that we look up to <laughs> wow um to kind of bounce off of that i feel like a lot of people go in like with a vor fetish or or any sort of fetish, and then they find out that that content is highly featured in the furry fandom, and then they're just like, well, I guess I'm a furry now, because look at all of this. It's a <laughs> smorgasbord. Woo! I saw this one thing on the telly, and now I am looked it up on the internet, and furries happened. Now I'm here. <laughs> Basically, I feel, like, I feel like a lot of furry converts were just, I like this fetish, and the furries are doing it. Cool. Do you have any final thoughts? Mr. Vore person. Ha, that's ha, eat ha, 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 oh, you ha. mean a Vore primary that likes their big squirmy bellies? Oh, yeah. Who's yeah. spooky, right? How about you go get melted in a ball sack? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's okay. I like not, that one, too. Not me. I, only, I only enjoy size difference in the terms of a couple of feet or a few feet. I'm not the macro-micro guy. Sorry to break that's, your heart. That's why I'm here. <laughs> 
That's okay. I know you're a subby bitch anyway. Ah, uh, you wish. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. <laughs> so what are your final thoughts? Some people like the crunch. I do not. <laughs> Is that your final thought? No. Really? <laughs> no. Okay. I just needed a reason to say the crunch. <laughs> the crunch brought to you by Tatsu. Yes. Not endorsed by for what it's not worth. Not endorsed by for what it's worth. Um, no, I, I'm going to, I'm going to stick to my guns on the mixer fetish thing. Cause I, I genuinely feel like with me, I, I call it my primary fetish, but it's only my primary fetish because of the things you can do with it. Um, I really enjoy, I actually really enjoy domestic scenes a lot. So, um, casually cuddling in bed where, you know, one person is holding the iPad and the smaller person is laying on their stomach and, oh, look, it's a fucking drive-in movie theater. Super cuddly things like that, super tender moments are definitely why I'm into Macro Micro. And fetish content comes second for me, if I'm being honest. Um, I definitely do love, you know, getting stepped on lightly, pushed around, eaten, things like that. But it's not all there is for me in the fetish, if that makes sense. So if somebody wants to learn more about this particular... Don't go to Wikifer, apparently. <laughs> not to bash on whoever wrote that article. But... It sounds like that you have a project. Uh... I'm not that patient. <laughs> is there a possible Telegram group that has such gigantic and little folk? Um, there are several, actually. Um, Do you want to pimp any that you may be a part of so you can answer guest questions about this lovely subject? I Honestly, I don't think I should pimp any group specifically because I'm not super active in any of them. I'm more of a lurker type. Funny. I hide in the small, dark corners. Um, but if you want to message me directly, I'm happy to play Q&A. And what is your tag? Your, your telegram uh, my ta handle. My telegram handle is just at Tatsukimiero, um, all one word. That is uh, Tango Alpha Tango Sierra Uniform Kilo Indigo Mango Indigo Echo Romeo Oscar. Mango, because, who taught you phonetics? Uh, I made it up on the spot because I work a... a uh, call center and clearly clearly i hate it i uh what's what is it normal mike mike i hate mike what you what, what did mike do to you <laughs> <laughs> i don't know he probably stepped on me after i told him no so as a as a side note um you'll probably also find tatsu yes i didn't even i didn't even ask him this and i'm just gonna say uh tatsu will probably be in the for what it's worth um chat just to basically answer any questions when this um episode ends up releasing i just fallen told you <laughs> here's my phone Welcome. um so if you have any questions please feel free to message him um but other than that that is all that we have for this particular topic so i think we're gonna go on break and then we'll be back to have um ah Wow. Ah, I was doing so good. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll come back. Help me. We'll come back and then we'll play with Rue Zipper. Just just think of yourself <laughs> like a macro furry and just start singing that uh, ain't nothing gonna break. Hello, and welcome to Get Psyched with Dr. Nuka. 
Has this ever happened to you? You're out in public somewhere, maybe standing in line at a grocery store or sitting at a restaurant, and you hear or see someone acting rudely. Maybe they've said something snarky to an employee, or maybe they're arguing with the person they're standing next to in line. Now, let's be honest. What's your first impression of that person? My guess is that you probably think that person's a total jerk. After all, your behavior says a lot about the kind of person you are, right? And you probably wouldn't be surprised to discover that this person was also a jerk in other situations. They're probably a jerk when they drive, a jerk with their friends, and a jerk to their co-workers at work. Now, let's flip the script a little. Think about the last time when you acted rudely to someone who probably didn't deserve it. Think about it for a second. Why'd you do it? My guess is you probably had a good reason for doing it. Maybe you were venting because you had a really bad day. Maybe the other person totally started it and you're just retaliating. Maybe the service there was horrible and you were expressing your frustration. Either way, I'm willing to bet that you can explain your rude behavior with an external explanation. That is, something outside of you caused you to act like a jerk in that moment. After all, you're probably not a jerk most of the time, right? But what if someone you didn't know saw you act that way? They saw you act rudely. What would they assume about you? And would their assumption be right? Psychologists call this phenomenon the fundamental attribution error. The term was coined by social psychologist Lee Ross, and it refers to the fact that we interpret our own behavior and the behavior of others in a very different way. When we explain the behavior of others, we assume that what we see is what we get. If they act rude, it's because they're a rude person. And if they act polite, it's, well, because they're a polite person. But when it comes to explaining our own behavior, we recognize all the situational factors that may have caused us to act the way we did. When someone else cuts us off in traffic, it's because they're an asshole. When we cut someone off in traffic, it's because we had no choice. We had to get to our exit and no one else would let us in. It's not our fault. Psychologists have found numerous creative ways to test the fundamental attribution error in the laboratory. In a classic 1967 demonstration, Jones and Harris brought participants into the lab and gave them the task of reading an essay supposedly written by another participant in the study. So you, the participant, had the job of reading this essay, which was either for or against Fidel Castro at the time, and you had to decide whether the writer actually supported Castro or not. Seems pretty simple, right? Well, here's the kicker. You, the participant, also told one other piece of information about the writer. Sometimes you were told that the writer was given free choice over what they wrote about. Other times you were told that the writer had their topic chosen for them by flipping a coin. So what did the results show? Well, participants assumed that the writers of the pro-Castro essays were pro-Castro, and that the writers of the anti-Castro essays were anti-Castro. But they paid virtually no attention to whether or not the writers freely chose their topic or whether they were assigned to write about the topic by the coin toss. As far as participants were concerned, if you wrote a pro-Castro essay, it's because you were pro-Castro. They completely ignored the situational explanation for the writer's behavior. Now imagine that you were the one writing the essay in the coin flip condition. You'd know full well that what you were writing didn't reflect your own beliefs but that you were writing it because you had been assigned to write it.
So what does this mean for furries and for people in general? Well, chances are you commit the fundamental attribution error every day. We all do. Every time you read a forum post or a telegram message or you see a YouTube video from another furry, you probably make at least some assumptions about what type of person they are. And chances are those assumptions are grounded in a belief that what they're saying or doing is driven entirely by the type of person they are. When you see a furry misbehaving at a convention and you conclude that they're an immature person, or when you assume um, that a, an artist who's writing an angry post is probably a jerk in person, you're committing the fundamental attribution error. Heck, when you hear a furry say something smart in a podcast and you think, boy, that guy must be a real genius, you're committing the fundamental attribution error. So the take home message is this, we're all susceptible to the fundamental attribution error, if only because we're more aware of how situations affect our behavior than we are of how situations might be affecting someone else's behavior. Knowing what you now know about the fundamental attribution error, perhaps you'll think twice the next time you make an assumption about someone based on a single piece of their behavior. As the old adage goes, you need to hear both sides of the story or walk a mile in a person's shoes before you can truly judge the type of person they are. After all, we want others to do the same for us, right? This has been a quick look at the fundamental attribution error. I'm Dr. Nuka. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on Get Psyched. You're listening to For What It's Worth, brought to you by For What It's Worth magazine. When you need something to read during your alone time in the bathroom, think For What It's Worth. It's like someone took the internet and printed it out in vibrant color, with pictures. You like pictures, don't you? Yes, bright, colorful pictures of cute, adorable animal people. Just check out that centerfold. Every month, it's a new full-length render of Rue on one side and Tugs on the other. Why, it's almost like they're right there with you. You've got your hands on them. Now what are you going to do with them? If print media is too passe for you, then consider contributing to the Patreon campaign. Every little bit helps make the show just a bit better. Though there isn't much we can do about Tugs' love of that turtle sound bite. I've tried taping down the button so he can't push it, but it just makes it play continuously. There are several reward levels available, and each one tells us just how much you like us. And you do like us, don't you? Don't you? For what it's worth, brand magazine. Buy it lightly used. Just ignore the pages that stick together. And welcome back. Unfortunately, due to a shrink ray malfunction, Rue Zipper got a little stuck. <laughs> I need to go to the hospital. So we're just going to skip right past that and get to it next time when we can deal with Rue's pant issues. So just really quick, we have our next segment, which is housekeeping. Yay, housekeeping! So, first of all, we wanted to thank our lovely cast. First of all, Tugs, who is out. Bye, Tugs. Miss you. Come back soon. I need your dad jokes. <laughs> oh, no, we didn't have a dad joke. Somebody come up with a dad joke. Uh, Hi, Small. I'm dad. <laughs> let, let, let's see. Uh, I went to college for uh, lockpicking. It opened up a lot of doors for me. 
Oh my gosh! There we go. We had we had a bit of tugs here. Okay. The There's your tugs. So you guys tugged all the time. <laughs> I also wanted to thank you, Tatsu, for coming out. Thank you so much for joining us. It was a delight. I did want to give you a chance to um, pimp yourself. Oh, um, I stream infrequently. Um, same as the Telegram handle. I'm at uh, at Tatsu Kimiero on Twitter. Um, and it's Tatsu underscore Kimiero for twitch.tv. Awesome. Thank you so much for, for Mr. Voss over here for coming out. And thank you to myself. <laughs> you going to eat a cookie with that? Yes, I'm going to uh, eat a cookie. You, you're getting too much with all of your fans. Oh, my gosh. Shut up. <laughs> put a cookie in your mouth. You're going to put it right there. Okay. Can you carry Just, the cookie, you little guy? I can... Probably carry a quarter of the cookie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so back to a lovely housekeeping. What else do we have for them? Yes, I think uh, everyone should do their civic duty to the world and all the little people by going onto our website at forwhatitsworth.com and commenting. Also, check us out on social media like Telegram and um, Twitter. And all those social media sites like Facebook. Throwing out stuff. Comment. Say hello. Oh, and MySpace. Just kidding. We don't have MySpace. Yeah. Who did you guys get for your MySpace HTML? It's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's somewhere back there. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to find that magical fruit. <laughs> um, if you would like to enter our telegram channel, please message me at at wine red fox or send us an email to cast up for what it's worth um also make sure that you tell a friend about our show please do one person equals two people equal four people and then it grows exponentially and then we will have all of your patreon money and can live as kings on our private yachts so now it's to our next part which is our next episode what are we going to be talking about boss I don't know, because you never told me, so. <laughs> I believe that we have a special voice actor that's going to be coming on. Is that next time? I believe that is next time. Ooh, that's fancy. Let's see. I don't remember, so I'm stalling. Let's do the stall so song. Somebody stall. Stalling for time. No one knows what's going on because Rue's stalling for time. Yeah, if you wanted to really stall for time, all you'd need to do is modify a growth rate to work on a quantum level so that you could just extend the time frame in which you were stalling in. So then everything you did would happen faster. Or I could just go into a public restroom. Yeah, okay. Whack one off. Yeah, I'm just going to go into the stall. Okay, well, that went over you. my head for a minute. <laughs> well, thank you so much for that stalling for time. I'm going to go ahead and give this to you, um, Voss over here, and There's he's going to tell us what the next episode is going to be about. It's going to be with our special guest, Sean Chiplock, voice talent extraordinaire. So send in your emails. You guys should... Uh... So what characters has he p portrayed? Oh, God. <laughs> a lot. You guys should tell him that he almost got me out of my fursona at a convention panel. Oh, go ahead. So, uh, Anime Bonsai, I think it was last year, he was one of the guests 
Um, and he totally attended a furry mm. panel run by uh, another local fur, uh, Nova Nocturne, actually, um, who he was sitting like right behind me. And Nova was like, well, let's draw the anime bonsai mascots in furry style. And then Sean Shiplock, who was sitting right behind me, is starts describing my fursona to Nova. This should make him a fennec. And we should make him a kitsune because Japanese lore. And he just kept going on and on. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I call copyright law. (laughs) (laughs) What? So Sean Shiplock has been... um... Let's see. He has voice acted in the Freedom Planet, um, Dragon Ball Super, The Age of Shadows, um, The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. He played the 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 second sexy bird. The second sexy bird. Which was what was that one? First sexy bird. It's Get out of my one. face! Don't at me. It's Rivali. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> you're you're not accordion bird? I told you earlier. I like being bullied. Uh, okay. <laughs> So he's been in a lot. Oh, you know what? He actually also voiced the Great Deku Tree. As oh, did well. he? Yeah, nice. he did. So oh, he's... he got Fire Emblem. Yep, um, Robo Dog. Robo Dog. Um, from Peak. I don't know. You got your Dragon Ball Super with your Future Trunks. Uh, Persona Five. He played um, Yuki. Oh, nice. And the Age of Shadow. King Kim Woo Jin. I cannot read names. Um, oh, and of course, you can't forget One Punch Man. Did he do Saitama? Um, he did uh, The Astronaut. I haven't eyelashes, watched the English dub. And um, uh, yeah. Hero Association staff. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, so he's side characters, but he was still there. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So, yes, make sure that you join us for next time. And my phone needs to shut up and not give me notifications during stuff. I should have silenced my phone. Yeah, you should have. Yeah, wow. no kidding. Even uh, I'm on Tugs is going to come through the internet and slap you. Well, pretty much. <laughs> He's just going to yell at me the whole entire time. Just kidding. Tugs doesn't yell at me. phone dinging. Um, but I just wanted to, to make sure that, um, you know, send us some emails and let us know. Um, send us some emails specifically about voice acting. Um, that's what we would like him to talk about. So, um, all right. Well, this has been Rue. Are we not doing a box? No. Are we saving that for next time? Yes, we have a mystery box. And unfortunately, we weren't able to get to the mystery box in time. We will do that next time. Um, But it is located from um, the mystery, uh, furry mystery box. So make sure you check them out. And we'll be revealing what is in this month's mystery box. Ooh, anticipation. Next time. It's a bunch of Digimon figures. There's a fox on it. It's a fox box. I'm dripping with anticipation. You're dripping with anticipation? You shouldn't finish that until next show. (laughs) Just hold on to that. (laughs) Keep it in your pocket. All right, well, this has been Rue. This is Voss. This is Tatsu. And you've been listening to... For For What what It's it's Worth. worth. Ah, you didn't say it. You had to say it. Do I I mean, I can... Well, for what it's worth, uh, maybe I didn't. Bad at cues. Okay, that's it. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Have a good night.